0: I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got Gonzo, also known as Super G, joining us on this Thursday. Mario, the node defender, is in the building. And we got the Italian stallion, Johnny Crypto, joining us later on. So I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how Coinbase and Canada are coming together, now allowing institutions a reliable vehicle to purchase digital assets. As Ripple denies the SEC's request to appeal, stating there are no extraordinary circumstances to justify another trial. With Bitcoin and XRP being the only tokens in the United States with clarity, we discuss what ETF approvals could mean for this market. And with the digital transformation of a lifetime already upon us, we break down the details, showing our community how trillions of dollars are beginning to flood into the crypto market. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast... Our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So J- Gonzo, I got to give myself a shout out. That was a beautiful live this morning. Yesterday, I had a little voice crack, so I'm proud that I'm back on schedule. But first of all, how you feeling, my friend? And thank you for making time for us. I'm feeling
1: good, man. Good morning, everybody. You know, I got to tell you, Abs, that live, it never gets old, man. It just never gets. It's, it's the way to start my morning. But yeah, man, super excited. We had a great show yesterday with, uh, with Fred on. And uh, so today I, got, I, got to be on, I get to be on with Mario and then we're going to get Johnny. So we get anytime we get all the boys together, it, it, it's a good day. So uh, yeah, dude, how about that market though? Like uh, Bitcoin looks like it hit that trend line. We've lost it a little bit. So we're going to have to see if we're going to get a bounce to get that. Plan. I'm just going to roll over.
0: Very interesting time, Mario. And We're going to be breaking down an XRP and Bitcoin pairing and how right now, Things are starting to look very, very bullish for that pair specifically. Before we get into that, how are you feeling, my friend? And thanks for making time for us.
2: I'm feeling good. Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a beautiful day. Super excited to be here. It is definitely good to be on uh, Gonzo. Like you said, it's our second time together this week. We were on the Spanish side. Now we're on the English side. So got to make sure that the English version gets turned on here. But uh, yeah, I hope everybody in the chat's doing good. I'm excited to be on t- today and to talk crypto.
0: Thank you so much, Mario. And we're going to get this thing started the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3 TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. When we check out some of the daily movers for today, it is mostly red across the board. We got Hex Token up about 4%, Pulse Chain 4%, and Rune Token, never heard of it, but up about 7%. When we look at the total coin market cap this morning, we are sitting at $1.12 in total market cap, Bitcoin is 49% dominance, Ethereum is about 19%. We've got Bitcoin very red on the day, down to 28,400, Ethereum 1770, and XRP, which actually just hit the 200-day moving average yesterday, at least according to Blockchain Backer, that is also sitting at 58 cents this morning. And guys, we already got 146 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button, and this is a video I'm excited to start the show with, Gonzo, because... The SEC has officially filed an appeal, or at least the process of appeal, when it comes to the Ripple ruling. They'd like to have a second trial, and that will begin in 2024. Well, this video breaks down exactly why the SEC is looking to appeal Judge Torres' ruling.
3: We have communities that are, uh, uh, well, we have the Bitcoin maximalists, and I imagine there are a few of you here in this room, but um, they're also Ripple maximalists. Um, but this is still out there. And to be honest with you, I think as this case goes, I think the SEC is sitting on a number of other cases um, that have the same kind of issue underlying it. And we're probably the potential plaintiffs in the, or, or uh, defendants in those cases um, uh, are, have signed statute of limitations waivers. Because guess what, if you count? 2017 when a lot of these ICOs happened, it's 2018, 19, 20, 21, 22. Whoa, that's five years. Statute of limitations is about to run on a bunch of these. So the question is, you know, how many, How big is their, their file of, 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 of uh, statute of limitation waivers that they have sitting there, all sort of timed off of what's going to happen with this case. Um, so it's It's an important case. It's going to be a watershed. It may or may not go to the Supreme Court, uh, but it's certainly worth watching.
0: Gonzo, she just broke it down right there. Five-year statute of limitations on ICOs going forward. And I think all of our listeners should know Ethereum's ICO took place in 2014. So the statute of limitations ran out about three or four years ago. What do you think? Do you believe the Ripple ruling will affect many other crypto tokens in the market today, just like our friend what here was referring to?
1: Yeah. You know, I I think it's a good first step. Like we've talked about right now, it's a, it's a federal ruling by a judge that they can reference in other cases like that the sec brings against these other protocols or companies they could reference back. It won't be until there's an, if there's an actual appeal that goes three, like maybe after the criminal case that we see next summer with uh, Brad Garlinghouse and Chris Larson, on the aiding and abetting charge, but let's say that there is. If it does get appealed, and then the Second Circuit gets a hold of it, and then they rule on it, now it becomes binding. Right? It's binding for all the courts under the Second Circuit that now they have to follow that. So we're still kind of a ways away from that, but for now, that that's kind of like that is the guidance that we have, and like we've said numerous times in the tweet that you're showing. Uh, Regardless of what happens in the appeal, XRP, the underlying asset, is not a security, right? What they're debating right now is different sales, whether it's the programmatic that we won or that Ripple won, uh, or is it the institutional sales that they lost that ends up getting appealed at some point in the future.
0: Mario, what really catches my attention about the article we're showing now, and I'm going to read this brief response from Brad Garlinghouse yesterday. Guys, we already got 190 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Let the algorithm pump this out to as many listeners as possible. Brad Garlinghouse said yesterday, the request for appeal, even if granted, doesn't change the fact that XRP is not a security. That's not up for debate in this trial. But the SEC continues to claim that Chris and I acted recklessly in believing that XRP is not a security. That's utter nonsense out of the words of Brad Garlinghouse. And Mario, this is also a response from Stuart Alderati, the lead lawyer for Ripple, when it came to the battle against the SEC. He said, we oppose the SEC's request for an interlocutory appeal. There is no extraordinary circumstances here that would justify departing from the ruling, requiring all issues as all parties to be resolved before the appeal. Long story short, they are not going to agree with the SEC's request. And this is what we discussed yesterday. If the SEC is going to appeal the ruling, they must receive permission from not only Ripple, but also from Judge Torres. Well, 50% of that argument is now out of the table because Ripple's already denying they're going to allow this appeal. What do you think, Mario? What does this all mean to you? Yeah, I, I mean, that's all still up for 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 debate in
2: a way. But as Brad Garlinghouse stated, you know that XRP is not a security going forward. And so it becomes a matter of, what was done in the past between Brad Garlinghouse and the institutional sales, you know, I, I still believe that they're going to come to some sort of um, settlement where they're going to get a slap on the wrist. Ripple's is going to have to uh, pay pay for, for a fine. And, and typically this tends to be the cost of doing business. And typically this, this type of event tends to set a company for success because now the company has paid their, their, kind of cost of being in business. They get the clarity and they're allowed to move forward. And uh, as far as everything else, of course, this affects the remainder of the crypto space. Um, I think that the ruling on XRP, we've been discussing it from the very beginning. It it, It has a huge impact in the rest of the crypto space. It was very important for crypto as a whole to come together and support Ripple in this battle because Whatever ru- ruling would that, that would come out regarding XRP, it would ultimately affect the the remainder of crypto. So um, I, I just to touch on the video that you showed before, I think the SEC does have the like a, a huge pile on their desk. and that's why we saw them go after exchanges as opposed to going after individual projects. I think that that was a, a move on their part. That was a counter move to be like, okay, too many projects to go after. Let's go after the exchanges. But that's kind of backfired because now that the XRP has been deemed not a security, um, you know they, they don't really have much grounds there, especially on the Coinbase ruling. But uh, we'll see what happens. Nonetheless, I think that Ripple is still, um, you know, on the path for success. And if they pay, uh, if they pay some sort of settlement, then that's just the cost of doing business.
0: And here's another massive update we have for our listeners: as Link to CEO did a podcast with Uphold CEO to discuss XRP's legal standing after this Ripple ruling. And what they're discussing in this video is why the SEC is incentivized to appeal and what this whole process could mean for the rest of the market.
4: It is hugely important because of two things. Number one, it makes it clear that XRP as a matter of US law today is not a security. There are only two digital assets now that you can be absolutely confident as a matter of US law today are not securities. Bitcoin and XRP. The second thing that's important in that judgment is the programmatic ruling. And if you take the logic from the programmatic ruling, it basically means that any digital asset, or at least it's very hard to see how any digital asset traded in the secondary market is a security, unless there are, you know, facts and circumstances and documentary evidence that show there's an investment contract. But Gonzo, we are going to play the remainder of this, but let's
0: stop for some comments there. Every single secondary sale of other digital assets could not be considered a security because of the Ripple ruling. And that right there is incentive enough for the SEC to go back to court. So do you believe that will stand? Do you believe all secondary sales on exchanges for other tokens, whether it's Cardano, Algorand, Matic, whatever you decide, are those considered unregistered securities or are they going to be with the Judge Torres ruling decided, which is that they're no longer securities because they do not qualify for the Howey test?
1: Yeah, when you look at the breakdown, and I'm not an attorney, but like from all the research that we've done, you know, she made her ruling and there were times where she didn't even apply all three prongs of the Howey test. She only applied one. And if it didn't match the one, she moved on, right? So even if they like, appeal it. And it goes back to the judge because it has to go back to the judge for review. She could still apply the other prongs of the Howie test and still find in the same manner that she did. So I think that you would see the same thing if it goes to the second circuit. So yeah, I do think it's going to st-
0: Gonzo, we are getting a Wi-Fi issue here. It appears that your audio keeps cutting in and out. It might be easier for you, Gonzo, if you remove the green screen there. I'm not sure if you can hear me now. If you can, remove your green screen. We'll probably get better bandwidth. But Mario, I'm going to defer to you, and then we'll continue with the show. Exactly what Gonzo was just breaking down. I'm losing my train of thought, but please continue.
2: Yeah, I was actually in the process of sending a text, so I was. I apologize. But, um if you could, you know, link to link to, um, well, Uphold has been an advocate for the XRP community f- since the beginning. They were the only ones to not uh, delist XRP when it happened. So I think that what he was saying that was spot on, you know, Bitcoin and XRP are the only ones that are classified, not securities by the SEC. And again, that's in America and America continues to have this this huge impact in the remainder of the world. Um, so it will be interesting to see what happens there. I don't know if Gonzo wants to finish his thought. I think he might be back. Yeah. So you guys can hear me. Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I I do think uh, like I was saying, you know, it, she only applied one, one, one of the prongs of the Howie. So there are still like other two prongs and, and the, and it's always that second prong with um, that has to do with enterprise um, and sales um, that, that, the sec has infamously like kind of skipped over right they always try to hang their hat on the first and third prong so I, I think absolutely my my opinion is that if it goes to the second circuit you know and you apply all three prongs that it fails right and that they're just gonna they're just gonna um they're just gonna confirm what judge George has already found
4: with that being said guys here's the remainder of that video but the two things that come out of that case are XRP is not a security and digital assets sold on the secondary market are not a securities. And I thought Judge Torres did something very clever in her judgment, which was she didn't give any judge-made law. She didn't accept any new concepts. Instead, she applied existing jurisprudence on the Howey test to the facts and circumstances of the Ripple case. That I've spoken to numerous lawyers and they all agree that makes her decision much harder for the SEC to appeal.
1: I've, I've heard similarly and uh, share that view. And, and, and therefore, as a result of that, it's quite obvious that not only are you going to not delist XRP, you will probably see a significant rise in the holdings and in the trading volume of XRP on your platform in the months to come.
4: We were a little concerned before the judgment came, you know, because obviously, even though the judgment is fantastic news, it means that we now have a bunch of new competition in the United States because the other platforms have relisted XRP. And we were obviously concerned about what kind of outflows we were going to see. The extraordinary thing is that since the judgment, we've seen really significant inflows, net inflows. And this includes on chain. XRP. In fact, I had an analysis done earlier this week, which shows we've lost less than one hundredth of one percent of XRP accounts post the judgment, which is just incredible. One hundredth of one percent. So 99.99 percent of our XRP accounts have stayed with us, even though Coinbase and others have now relisted it. I think that shows People recognize, you know, we we stood by the XRP community for two years, and that loyalty is now being repaid. So we find that XRP holders are very interested in finance and utility use case tokens. And this year, we've added a whole bunch. Pretty exciting here. He goes on to
0: talk about the products that they're offering at Link to. But guys, we got 242 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button, Johnny Crypto. Thank you for being here, my friend. First of all, how you feeling? Thanks for making time for us.
5: Uh, another busy morning abs but you know we just keep the ball moving forward every single day that's all we can do as we uh we live and breathe the air so uh sorry i'm late but i'm happy to be here i love you guys and good morning to all the warrior maniacs out there too bad i missed that i missed what you were playing there so i don't know what the uphold ceo said but uh I am curious of, uh, so I'll just listen to what you guys say. I'll give you a quick rundown
0: here, Johnny. We got an official response out of Ripple yesterday, not only from Brad Garlinghouse and Stuart Alderati, but from the courts themselves. What they said is that they do not agree with the SEC's request for an interlocutory appeal because there's no extraordinary circumstances here that would justify departing from the original ruling. Obviously after our conversation yesterday with Fred, we learned one thing very important. Judge Torres and Ripple both have to be incentivized to go to trial for this next round. And with 50% of that conversation now stepping back, I'd like to hear what it means to you before we continue.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's certainly going to be a, a bit of a bit of a challenge, I think, for them to get there. And so we'll have to wait and see if they do. I've always felt like the interlockery lockery thing, if you remember, when we had Jeremy Hogan on the show, he said it's kind of unusual and that most times you don't typically do that. By the way, let me just also say good morning to my brothers here. Mario and Gonzo, which I didn't get to do. A shout out to, love you guys. Um, but so you know, Abs, it's very interesting from that perspective to see that the SEC went after something that's typically not very common in this space. You you typically want to wait for the case to end and not kind of. But it just kind of shows you that they got like the SEC has a bug up their butt. They really, really want that. They are pissed. They are pissed off about this ruling that they're even attempting this approach. The 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 thing that kind of stinks about it is, if they go for this approach and they lose, as we learned yesterday from Raspoli, Attorney Rispoli, they can also reappeal again, and so that's what I think is going to happen. Like I think if they don't get this approved, let's say the judge throws it out, or or then don't forget the appeals court has to approve it. If it doesn't, I know everybody's going to you know throw their hands in joy like, hey, this is great, but I I don't think it's over. I don't think this will be the end. The SEC is going to come again at them at the end of the case and and go for another appeal. So we'll have to see how this whole thing pays out. I really think the SEC is just going to continue to be like an annoying monkey on their back, the baby monkey. And it's just not going to come off until it's finally, finally over until some appeals court says, no, we're not giving you interlocutory, And at the end of the case, we're not giving you an appeal. That's when it's finally going to be over. And I think that's going to be two years from now.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, if they lose the interlocutory, you know they're going to come back after the court case next year and come in to do their appeal because that, that's the right. They're already showing us what they're going to do. What I was going to comment on ABS is like your previous question about you know when it goes to the Second Circuit, and, and that what I remembered was it's the common enterprise part of the Howey test that the SEC conveniently likes to kind of skip over, and and the way to break that down is when you get into a common enterprise. Like, let's say it's XRP, oranges, beavers, whatever we talk about, we all are in a common enterprise. So what that means is we all put our money together and then we all, we all either make money or we all lose money together, right? That's the common enterprise part of the Howey test. With XRP, depending on what you do with your XRP, we don't all make money and we, we don't all lose money, right? If you took your XRP and you put it on a platform like Celsius, you lost your XRP, Right. If I took my XRP and just held on to it, I still have it, right? and it could still gain appreciation. So depending on what you do with your XRP depends on whether you're going to gain or lose money. And so that is a hard hurdle to get over when it comes to the common enterprise um, prong of the Howey test. But in the ruling, Judge Torres, there's times she didn't even apply that. Like she just – they couldn't even get past the first prong, and then she would move on like we said.
0: So with the gold ETF application doing this for the price chart, check this out. Back in 2004, the price of gold was trading at $336. When the United States offered the first gold ETF application, this price chart speaks for itself. Over the next two decades, we saw gold go all the way up to $1,800 in value. And I think we can apply the same concept what we're seeing with Bitcoin today. Bitcoin is receiving a mass adoption narrative like we've never seen before from mainstream media. They're talking about ETFs. They're discussing how BlackRock is excited. Well, what we're really waiting for is that 1% allocation from 401ks to launch this market into the next phase of adoption, Johnny. And I think that's what we're on the precipice of. So real quick update on the Bitcoin price chart here. It said this, price cor- price, this Bitcoin correlation has always happened in August slash September pre-halving year. It depends... It happens due to a uh, seasonal correction in the SPX in a pre-election year. So what are we seeing, guys? We are about to enter a short phase of a bear market, at least according to the previous Bitcoin price chart. We've topped out here at about 30,000, and we could see ourselves dip about another 40%. We could be testing 16, 17,000 over the next couple of months. But as you can see, that is not a reason to be afraid. That is not a reason to fall for fear, uncertainty, and doubt here. As every single time we we receive one of these uh, pullbacks in the market, the next 12 to 24 months are historic for Bitcoin. And as you can see, the price chart speaks for itself. Doubling, tripling, even quadrupling after these major pullbacks. And this is a video that I think all of our listeners should be aware of. This is a 2018 CNBC segment from Crypto Ran, who I'm sure many of you are familiar with, discussing how Bitcoin, well, he's not sure if he would hold it for the long term.
5: Bitcoin, total or total.
6: I like Bitcoin a lot, but I'm going to fuddle. Really? I'm going to fuddle. And I'll tell you why. I'll justify that. I think Bitcoin at 8200 I think the price is low. I think it's going to continue to go up, and I think it's going to continue to go up slowly and in a stable way. But there are more exciting cryptocurrencies out there, and if you're going to ask me whether I'm going to put my money into Bitcoin or something more exciting, I'm going to go with something more exciting. So is part of that because there are Bitcoin futures now because institutional money that is going into cryptocurrencies
5: is going into Bitcoin and that dampens the volatility?
6: A little bit of that, uh-huh. but a lot of the money is going from Bitcoin and even Ethereum and the more established coins into this ICO frenzy. There's this frenzy happening, which is not on the markets, which is happening on the, on the outside of the markets, where hundreds of millions of dollars are going into ICOs. Where's that money coming from? It's not coming from fiat. It's people cashing in their Bitcoin right. and their Ethereum. And when they cash in, the market's going to go down. That said, I do think the institutions are going to come in towards the end of this year, and that's going to, they're going to come into Bitcoin and Ethereum first. Right. And then the market is going to go. up. So
0: So now that XRP and Bitcoin are the only two tokens with Clarity in the United States, Johnny, let's apply the same discussion to Bitcoin and XRP instead of Bitcoin and Ethereum here. He was discussing how he thinks better assets will emerge as this market continues to evolve, moving away from tokens like Bitcoin and into products like Ethereum, XRP, and Solana. Now, obviously he didn't mention those other three because this is from 2018. But do you agree with him? There's going to be a natural migration from the store of value that is Bitcoin into better products like we talk about every day.
5: Okay, so I would just take the word better and throw that out. And what I would say is what he's describing is a different type of investment thesis. Okay, so he's talking about speculation plays. He's saying, hey, I'd rather go and roll the dice and gamble on all these ICOs and these pumps and dumps that can... Gain you 100x, 1000x, 10,000x, right? He's happy playing that game. That's what he just said. Because if you listen to what he said, that at the time, the price of Bitcoin was $8,200 in 2018. Now we know we have the historic benefit of knowing that it went up to 70,000. And so that's an 8x return. If you ask me, I'd be happy to pig and shit to take an 8x return. Okay. I'd say it's a pretty good return. I'm <laughs> happy with 8x he doesn't want 8x. You heard him. He's like, no, no, no. I want to go play in the ICOs. I want to be playing in the 10,000. And that's fine. People like playing the mean, mean pump and dumps and Pepe's and Safe Moon. I frankly don't have any real desire for the, you know, the Shibas and the Doge. Like, do I play a couple? I'll get a little, bit I don't want to be chasing those. I'm more of the investor where I'm looking for use case, utility, kind of hodl, set it, forget it, wait. And I'm waiting. That's, you know, patience. That kind of play. But so, is he wrong? No. I mean, there's always going to be those kind of plays. The question is, what kind of investor are you? What do you want to do? You know, do you want to live through those heart attack, pump and dump moments? If you do, great. Go for it. That's not me, Abs. I like my bags. I like real-world style plays. And I'm going to play into that space. And some of mine are going to get me 8, 10, and maybe even 20x. I mean, shit. Mana got me. Mana and Gala got me huge, way over ten, right? So they can it can happen, but but that's what he's describing. And yes, I think that will continue to happen in the next run too.
0: Gonzo, I know you had some interesting comments on this article as well, but this is what stuck out to me: the pessimism around an eight thousand dollar Bitcoin reminds me of a fifteen thousand dollar Bitcoin from November of last year, when everybody said we were going to eight K. Everyone said we're going to twelve K. These are similar conversations from five years ago, so we can use this to our advantage. What really stuck out to you?
1: First of all, what a great find! That, that's what my guy, ran from Crypto Banter. I mean, he's come a long way. Like you see, the Crypto Banter, like the family with Sheldon Sniper and everybody, and and I'm sure he has different thoughts about Bitcoin. But but uh, Johnny's spot on. What he's talking about is basically venture capital. You have to remember that was the ICO craze. They got into like projects like. Solana at the beginning. They got into Terra Luna. I know that ran lost a lot of money when Terra Luna collapsed, but they made a shit ton of money at the beginning. So they got into these ICOs, kind of venture capital plays, and they made a shit ton of money. Um, I think Johnny spot on, like we're we're the kind of investor I think that that we are is you know, we're not looking to get rich quick, right? We're we're looking to like slow and steady, find good product projects, get in at the right times like right now, like what you're talking about with the cycles, we're going to get one more correction, right? Um, going into September, October, even August, right? Like we're at a major trend line and support. If we don't bounce now, then we're going to roll over and we're coming down to test support. First major support's like at 25K, the next one's around 19. But that's going to that's gonna do a drawdown on the altcoins. And for me, I think it's like the last time that we're going to get these really, really good entries, for the next few months as we hit the Bitcoin halving and we grind upwards. So yeah, it's just a different style of, of investing, but, you know, it hasn't changed. Like you see these liquidity plays where money goes into Bitcoin, then it goes into Ethereum, and then it goes into the large caps and then the small caps, right? Um, and so that's usually how the markets have played out, so that's what we're going to go on. But there are always different projects in the bear market or at different times that'll like pop off, like Render, render has had a great bear market, you know, it it hit 20, 30 cents and got up almost to to $3. You had some of the AI coins that were totally crushed that came up and and did really well. So you're always gonna see things like that. But for the most part, you know, the markets follow that trend.
0: This is a great video right here. As this is a Ripple employee discussing just how early we are in the adoption phase. Right now, Ripple does $15 billion in volume per day when it comes to cross-border payments. What this Ripple employee states in this video is that every day, globally, there is over $5 trillion traded in assets between banks. Now, what's so exciting about that? $15 billion in total volume is a drop in the bucket compared to $5 trillion a day. And that's what our next section is going to be about. But guys, we already got 300 live listeners here joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And this video describes just how early Our community really is. My
7: name is Boris Allergan. I'm with Ripple Labs and Ripple is a payment software company uh, or actually a crypto solutions company for businesses. And our flagship product is a payment software called RippleNet and ODL, which offers payment providers an alternative to Swift and then the correspondent banking system. We build all our solutions on top of XRPL and XRP ledgers a decentralized blockchain permissionless, been around for over 10 years. RippleNet today is facilitating over $15 billion a year of payment flow uh, and using XRP, which was recently deemed not a security by the U.S. courts.
0: So we're going to pause it here and play the remainder of this thing, guys. But what did he say that's so important here, Gonzo. Number one, they do $15 billion a day in cross-border payments. But number two is that they use the XRPL and XRP to facilitate the majority of those transactions. Yesterday, they published an article discussing how ODL in their system, it uses XRP as a neutral bridge asset. So there's a lot of speculation about how much they're actually using XRP. We're getting a lot of answers in these videos here. I'm going to kick it to you. And then Mario, what are you thinking about just a drop in the bucket when it really comes to total volume?
1: Yeah. When you look at the amount of money that can be moved, uh, that is not a lot, you know. especially now with the resolution of the lawsuit. And we're waiting to see which bank in the U.S. is going to come forward to say that they're using the technology. Right, That's all what we've been waiting for. But they're going to continue to build regardless of what happens in the U.S. Brad Garling also said this before. They acted as if they lost the lawsuit and they continue to build. And if you look at how um, where they've spread out to, where they've started to, like in the Asian markets and the Asian countries. Then they were over in Africa and now the Middle East. They're just going to keep expanding and growing. And then like the U.S. is just another piece of it. Um, but, you know, it, it's exciting. It's why we're, we're um, you know, all invested in XRP. And, and, the, and the hope is, the speculation is, is that eventually as the use case um, expands and they start actually using it, that eventually it relates to um, to price action, right? And then, you know, number go up.
0: I also just wanna make a correction. I did say 15 billion a day. I meant 15 billion a year is what Ripple's doing. And the total volume is 5 trillion a day. Even small, that's even more bullish for our listeners out there. But Mario, I'm gonna kick it straight to you after this video here. We're gonna replay the remainder of this clip of a Ripple employee discussing how right now, 15 billion is just a drop in the bucket when it comes to total volume.
7: Uh, a good example of, of a product is one that actually gets these institutions in there, right? That, you know, retail crypto is what? $1 trillion, $2 trillion right now in market cap? The global financial world, FX trades $5 trillion a day, right? Just to put that into perspective. So we are so early and so small uh, that we really need to, to, to bring crypto and blockchain to the next level.
0: Let me just repeat those statistics for our listeners, Johnny. How amazing is this? Every day there is $5 trillion in value traded, but the total market cap for crypto overall is only $1 trillion. And over 50% of that, like we say every day, is sitting in Bitcoin. So you give me your thoughts. We'll kick it to Mario.
5: It just shows you. Dude, there's a shit ton of upside potential. In the crypto market space. That's why we're all so excited. And that's why I don't personally go and chase after those ICOs and go worry. Because I just know I'd rather be in something steady. Slow and steady wins the race in the long run. And so for me, that's what it's all about. You know, you showed a Bitcoin chart earlier showing that we may pull back to 15K. I ain't gonna lie. I'm I'm hoping, you know, and people may not like that, but I wanna see it come back to 15k. I'm not worried about it. 15K is going to be a fantastic opportunity where we do the double tap to bottom in and, and really pack your bags in, in in Bitcoin and anything else you want at that point before they launch this so much. We see 15K again while most people be fighting. I'm telling you, that's going to be a fantastic, fantastic time, in my opinion, to be buying. I'm going to be. Yeah, I hope we see it again. I don't know if we will. It'll just be a final chance to to reload your bags before we probably get on the rocket ship, in my opinion.
0: Mario, I think what's so critical about that Ripple employee statements is not only that they use XRP to facilitate cross-border payments, but that right now they're in the beta testing, they're in the trial phase. But There will be a day when XRP and cryptocurrencies around the world are the main form of transferring liquidity. And as we can tell for all of our 303 listeners out there, you have a massive advantage. They're going to put this out into the public at some point, and right now we are clearly sitting before that date. I just want to hear your thoughts, and we'll continue, Mario.
2: Yeah, I mean those statistics really put into perspective how early we, early we, early we are, and uh, we keep talking about like it, it feels like we're late because I mean for anybody that's been in crypto for for more than a year and you're so involved every single day, you know whether you're listening to Good Morning Crypto and all the other shows out there and. You know, watching the news, it feels like a lifetime. And getting into crypto in 2017 like I did, um, so much has happened and yet so much is yet to still happen. And when we look at statistics like that and we know that $5 trillion in foreign exchange traded on a daily basis, crypto is just shy above $1 trillion. That really puts a, a huge perspective. And as we start to see all this regulation talks, things could be gearing up for, for an explosive run. Now, obviously, we have macroeconomic uncertainties. And with those macroeconomic uncertainties, we're going we're to see volatility in, in the markets, not just uh, crypto, other markets too. Crypto is going to follow along. And so any kind of price dip that we get, honestly, even just buying in on a DCA basis, on a weekly basis at these prices, if we really see crypto and some of these projects for what they are and what they're trying to accomplish, prices are gonna go up from here at some point. They're going to be up from here at, uh, at some point. So I think it, it's really bullish for this price. And I also wanted to add uh, what was being said before as far as putting your money into the more exciting projects. Again, I think it's important to diversify, although it's way more exciting to be putting money into XRP right now because XRP just got this huge positive news. Um, we're seeing blockchain backer actually allocate uh sell out of his bitcoin and allocate it more towards xrp although i'm sure he's got a very valid um chart analysis reason to do that i still am more a proponent of diversification yes less gains on xrp uh on bitcoin i'm sorry but you're you you have you have that uh that stability of of price uh going
0: forward so just wanted to add that in there too Thank you, you know, Mario. We got 301 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Johnny, I know you had an additional comment, so floor is yours.
5: Yeah, you know, I think it's an important topic to talk about here, you know, as a group. is One of the things I think that's exciting, Abs, is when, when we talk about where to invest. Like somebody asked the question, Johnny, are you going to, you know, take your XRP and cash it out and go into BTC? No, I'm I'm not. Personally, I'm going to just add BTC. I'm not going to give all this stuff up. But what to me is exciting about this space right now is BTC. Well, I know we've seen it go all the way up to, you know, 70 K and we're sitting around, you know, 29, 28, something like that. Right. The thing is this BTC hasn't had yet that chunk of money. That's still going to come into it as, as Matt Aran or whatever his name is said earlier. He said, institutional money is going to come into it. Well, it is, but that's not going to happen. Until we get the BTC ETF. So, Abs, there's this huge event that's still coming. And that's why I'm excited for BTC because I don't know where it's going to take it. You know, I've heard predictions anywhere from, yeah, there you go. So, this is a gold chart, right? And you can see that. Well, what would it do? About a 4X? so Or did it do a 4X? Or, it went from $330 oh, almost $1,800. Almost a 10X, right?
0: You're not very good at the quick math there, my friend. No, 300, just, $300 times six, it would be a 6X.
5: Yeah, I, was, I wasn't I was even looking at it. I just looked at it. Anyway, so the point. I thought it was 400, to be honest. I didn't realize it was a 250. So anyway, the point being is there is this huge catalyst that's coming. I don't want to miss the boat on that. I'm not a BTC maxi by any means. I barely have any BTC. But do I want to have some before this next big catalyst of influx of money that's going to come in? Absolutely. At that point, though, then I would agree with the Rand man or whatever his name was there. I would agree with him later that once that money comes in, then in my opinion, that's when Bitcoin will be more. uh, What's the word? Um, uh, Saturated. You know, now there's not going to be once all that money floods in, the institutional money and the 401k money and all that. After a few years of it running, it's going to get saturated and there isn't going to be, you know, I don't think a huge you know, five, six, eight, ten 10 X left to go from there. But do I think there still is today? Yeah, I still think we can see this, you know, somewhere in the, in the six figure area. And so I think there's a lot of upside. But after that event happens, I definitely will be less excited about BTC from a growth appreciation perspective. But I'll be, but I will be a believer at that point that it is here to stay. And it could be that that true, uh, what do you call it? Digital gold.
0: Let me ask you something really quick, Johnny, before we move on here. Right now, XRP and Bitcoin are the only two tokens in the United States with Clarity. What do you think is more likely from your situation, from your perspective? If Bitcoin receives a spot ETF approval, what is more likely? An Ethereum spot ETF next or an XRP spot ETF next? We know that Ethereum has an advantage here. You laughed. I'm not sure why. Go ahead.
5: Oh, because I'm just happy you threw me a meatball. Thank you for that. I mean, that's a simple question. I mean, that, I, I don't even want to answer that question because it's not. Please even
0: real. do. People are interested it's for the people.
5: A, no, there's listen. Come on, there is no chance that the SEC that has a huge axe to grind with with Ripple is going to grant Ripple an ETF before they grant to to their buddies over there at Ethereum. No freaking. You got a better chance of getting struck by lightning three times in the same place under an apple tree. Then the SEC given XRP a spot BTC uh, a spot ETF before Ethereum. So thank you for that that question, my friend. You know I, what I we know could see.
1: Question. You know what we could see, Abs. <laughs> what I think about is if we get the spot Bitcoin ETF at the beginning of the year, it could kind of mark the beginning of the bull run. And then if we get like let's say an Ethereum XRP one later on, like end of 24, 2025, maybe it's the, the signals of to the top, right? But that's how they convince everyone that this thing's going to continue to go up. It's a different world. This time it's different. We've got this and that and the third. And then, you know, people get stuck. They get trapped at, at the top. And, and and that's what I think about this spot. Co- the, the Even the, the, the Bitcoin spot ETF, like, is that going to be a top, right? Is it a sell the news kind of, um, event, right? Depending on when we get it, on the timing of the cycle depends on, you know, or, or should we be selling, right? Because it's almost like the buildup to that, like as they, we get closer to these dates and they and the media starts to run with it, it's the buildup. And then all of a sudden you get that blow off top. And then, you know, then now we're starting to get these other spot ETFs approved. But like, literally, I think the approval of the futures Bitcoin ETF was basically the top right I think black King backers talked about this it yeah, was it was. Um, it, it was one of the tops right and then and coinbase going public and 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 all of that that was like the, the the peak frenzy moment that was kind of the signal of the top and so just things that we need to pay attention to that we have to remind ourselves that we're all guilty of it right we all get that fomo we all get that belief system that well this time is different this time we have regulation this time we have this and that and you know what We've seen these things before, right? Like, yes, the 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 Bitcoin spot ETF is a big deal, but they do exist. Like, they have one, they improved one in Europe. They have one in Canada. I, I think Rand was talking about it this morning that there's about a billion dollars tied up when you look at all the Bitcoin that they've bought, right? So, trying to kind of translate over how much Bitcoin is going to actually be bought. So, just things to pay attention to. Like, you know, you got to kind of keep your motions under control. Because And we have to remind each other, and that's what's great about having this community, having this family, that when we're there saying, oh, my God, this thing is going to go to $500,000, we are there to remind each other that we're probably at a top.
5: Yeah, no, I think Gonzo is a good point. The question is going to be is I'm not so sure, Gonzo, and that's why I want to make this comment, that when the announcement comes out, that would be the top because the problem is I don't know if the institutional money can come into it until we get the announcement. Like we have to have a proof. And I'm just throwing this out because I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts. But the way I'm thinking about it, and maybe I'm thinking about it wrong, is the money can't come into this spot ETF until the SEC approves it. That means the news will come then. Then the money follows after. And when the money comes in, the money drives the price up. So in this event, I'm not so sure if you know, selling the news makes sense because I'm not so sure the price would have appreciated yet because I think we need the news. Unless if these institutions can be buying in the background behind the scenes before it comes up, then then I would agree with you that it is sell the news. So you will have to look at the price action at the time because again, I think it comes down to can these institutions go and invest and buy these things without without the blessing of the SEC to start with? They all are telling us right now, they're sitting on the sidelines. They're not putting money in because they're waiting for the SEC to approve it. So to me, it's really what comes first now, the chicken or the egg. I'm I'm not sure. I'm curious what you guys think.
0: Guys, it's always the egg. But we got 295 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And this is a video I want to show our listeners because the most important discussion being had right now is what's next for XRP and Bitcoin as the only tokens in the United States with clarity. I've got an interesting take I'd like to share with our listeners. But before I do, here's an update out of this man, Ripples and Whales. What if XRP and BTC are the only two crypto assets with any form of clarity as non-securities in the US for the next two years? What if all the other crypto assets are going to be held in purgatory? It's a really interesting dynamic that's going to play out. The charts are looking very much like they are echoing this. The XRP and BTC charts are the only ones looking with with any real strong upside at the minute. So, what if Algorand, Cardano, and all the other L ones get pulled out as exchanges start delisting them because of further lawsuits? Interesting. Opportunities there that may lay ahead. Foo- See, I'm not, I do, I'm going to throw out my perspective before I let you guys chime in. I don't necessarily agree with his take here that Bitcoin and XRP being the only tokens with clarity and shutting down competitors is what's good for these markets. I have a different approach. And this is what I said publicly on Twitter. I said if the top five United States crypto exchanges decided to delist a series of layer one tokens like Cardano, Algorand, Polygon, and so on, Because of these SEC's allegations of selling an unregistered security, we wouldn't see a pause on the industry. We would see Americans have a massive disadvantage in this quickly emerging capital market. And I know that we like to be biased towards our own projects, but the more that we look at this market, the annexing of certain projects like Algorand and Cardano, it's terrible for the industry, guys. We want the best products to succeed. We don't want the SEC giving free passes to some and annexing others. Even if it puts money in our pocket for the short term, so I do want to get some thoughts, and then I got a corresponding article. Johnny, what are you thinking?
5: Yeah, I mean, first of all, I don't know what, what his even point was. He, I mean, I, I don't know if he's just trying to say, "Hey, we got these two that have clarity, and so these are the only two that are going to pump in the next bull run." I mean, if that's what he's trying to say, that's a bunch of horse bullshit. There's going to be a tonch a ton of coins that are going to pump in the next bull run, and the reality is, if you really, you know, if when you look at it from a perspective of his allegation here about the other exchanges delisting the other L1s. That's not going to happen now. Why would that happen when the judge just came out and said programmatic sales are not a security? Another makes- I just want to add to your point. Another
0: thing, it's like, imagine if you're a Cardano holder and you said, it's good that XRP can't be delisted on exchanges because now people have to buy Cardano. That's not even how the market works, right? That's a very narrow-minded right. perspective it's so. correct it's just, retarded. It back, it's, yeah. just it's,
5: it's it's boneheaded it's so so the reality is take that guy's video to, to, to take that off your way delete that freaking thing that guy's a knucklehead i don't see i don't understand his point in saying oh well these two are the only two first of all we all know now that those two have the only clarity and xrp barely broke 80 cents so well no no it doesn't mean anything so the reality is what we see here is yes, we can argue that they have some clarity. We know the monkey's still on their back because they're going back to appeal. So they're not true. They don't have true clarity in the long run. They might have it short term for the next year or two, or we'll see what happens with the appeal. But nonetheless, it's gonna, there's gonna be an appeal coming two years from now. But I think what's important here is to realize why would the exchanges go and delist any of those other tokens now? When the judge said any programmatic sale, it, that that gives all those um level ones some some cover now until we get a change in that ruling abs. They're all going to hang their hat on that. And you saw Uphold st- stand strong even during the lawsuit and said, no, 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 we're not relisting. And they didn't have the cover of a ruling like that. Now all these exchanges have that cover. So I don't see any exchange delisting any of those. It's terrible if you think that's a good thing that you want to say because then that's just like a battle, oh, my coin versus your coin. That is bad for this industry. I've been saying it from day one. The industry needs to come together. You need to stop hating on everybody and pray for the industry to go as a whole. But the good news is I don't think any exchanges are going to delist any coins right now based on that ruling. Unless if the SEC specifically goes after one particular coin like they did with XRP and named them in a lawsuit. In that situation and only in that one for whatever the facts of that case are, you could see that one coin getting delisted. But I don't see a broad delisting like he was stating there, especially based on Judge Doris's ruling. Gonzo, and I
0: feel like we already know that that's not going to happen because when the SEC accused Coinbase of selling a a plethora of unregistered securities, I think it was like 13 or 16 unregistered securities, they decided not to delist regardless of those allegations, which is very different from what we saw with XRP. The second XRP and Ripple were sued for being an unregistered security, Coinbase, Crypto.com, basically every American exchange removed them from their platform and I think that's a thing of the past. We're not going to see the same ordeal take place. So give me some of your thoughts and we'll continue.
1: Yeah, I think Brian Armstrong even kind of came out and said that. And, you know, I, I know people were upset with them because they delisted XRP. But he said, hey, look, we tried to play ball with the SEC. We delisted XRP. We did it their way. And at the end of the day, they slapped us with the lawsuit. So they were absolutely not going to do that again. Um, I, I do think that, but I don't think that this is what this guy was talking about. But on a different note, I do think that we do need to get rid of some of the junk, right? And and, and we're going to get that naturally. Like as Bitcoin retraces and comes down and some of these altcoins pull back, some of these projects need to go to zero, right? We have like 22,000 cryptocurrencies. We don't need them all. And if a lot of those can go away, I'm talking about like the bottom junk, then some of that money can get funneled into the actual real projects, right? We're talking about… You know, our XRPs, XLMs, Cardano, whatever you believe in. But they're the actual top projects that have a real world star that are actually doing. So we do need to get rid of some of that extra junk. I think that's going to happen naturally with the the pull down in the markets or when we get regulation, when you get specific definitions, then some of these projects will get like regulated out of existence.
2: I, I do want to add as well that in order for that to happen, we do need as much as decentralization is great and I'm all for it. We do need these these decentralized platforms to start implementing some kind of structure to prevent these projects or prevent these bad actors from coming into play. Because if we're going to wait on the sidelines for regulation and for the SEC to do something about it, I believe they're only really going to be able to do something about it if if the project or technology becomes more centralized. So we do need these these decentralized networks to... um, get creative and develop some kind of way in which these these bad actors cannot come into the into the ecosystem and then also investors investors need to do their part and stop chasing every meme coin that comes out and 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 says that you know this is going to be the next doge and pepe and whatever and for as long as investors keep feeding the system other bad actors are going to want to take A part of it. And so I think it's going to be, it's part of the growth. It's going to get there. I agree with Gonzo. It's going to get there over time. Uh, But I think that every time we get these big dips, we're we're certainly going to see these projects that have like no activity because they have no fundamentals. They're just going to obviously go out of business and, and disappear.
0: We got a couple of great comments I want to read before getting into this article. This person says, why argue about different tokens, all ship or rise? And it's like they say, a high tide raises all boats. I do agree. When money comes into this market, it's going to cycle through Bitcoin, then Ethereum, then the rest of the major altcoins, just like every cycle in the past. This is another great comment here from Mr. Wright. He said, you're correct. ETH has a first mover advantage in smart contracts. But when big money comes in, they look at all the technology and pick the best that's an optimistic perspective there, but I'd like to think it's the truth. Guys, we got 285 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And thank you for making time for us this morning. The title of our episode was Coinbase in Canada are changing the game here. And this is the article I'm excited to show our listeners. So, Johnny, earlier in the show, you brought up in institutions need reliable vehicles to begin purchasing digital assets. That's what Coinbase is doing right here. Coinbase finally wins an approval to list crypto futures In the United States, the approval makes Coinbase the first crypto platform to offer regulated and leveraged crypto futures alongside traditional spot trading. Now, just because we're short on time, I think you get the gist of the article. You sent it to me. I'd like to go off on a little bit of a tangent here. What are you thinking about Coinbase winning this approval from the CFTC while going to court with the SEC? I'd like to get broadly your thoughts and then we'll kick it at Gonzo.
5: It just shows you that Coinbase is moving in position to be the number one leading institution here for crypto, setting them up so that they can be that that one um, custody, if you will, currency or trading platform that's going to be there for, for the approval of the spot coin BTC ETF, right? As you know, we need to have that reliance on them. And, and you've already seen them talk about, how Coinbase w- has been pointed out as the one to do it. This just puts them in pole position to do that. There's no doubt in my mind that the Coinbase is here to stay and it's going to be, you know, I think we talk about what will be like the Amazons and the Microsoft's and the and the the red hats of the world that'll come out of this this run. And I think two of the biggest companies are gonna come out of the of a big, big winning position is gonna be Coinbase and Ripple. I truly believe it with my heart abs. And you can just see they are being positioned. They are in pole position. There's nobody else here. They are going to be in the lead to be able to drive this, this crypto industry forward. And, and as it grows, they stand to make a shit ton of money.
0: Gonzo, here's a quick yeah. uh, clip and I'm kicking it straight back to you.
5: Yeah, our mission at Coinbase is to increase
2: economic freedom and update the financial system. And that includes uh, Canada. And I think one of the, you know, to your question earlier about what Canada can do in, in the developer ecosystem is that this is a global economy, a global, um, you know opportunity that we're working for and so there's a lot of a lot of opportunities for Canadian companies here to grow and build a sustainable business that can help billions of people access the digital economy and, um, and we're excited we're excited to help Canadian companies
6: do that. We have institutional clients yeah Canada's huge on that right whether it's the pension but funds. But they won't touch it right now. Uh, not necessarily we had a pl- uh, we had a uh, partnership with BlackRock last year okay. which really um, Opened that up. We have a strategic relationship with Three IQ over here. Yeah. We're seeing a lot of interest, so that's institutional clients. Um, we're going to be meeting with them over the next few days. There's a lot of um, en- uh, a lot of great engagement. There. The third one is the developer ecosystem. Um, at Futurist, we're going to be meeting up with a lot of uh, developers. We've already made uh, close to ten investments in Canada. Companies like Dapper Labs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another area mm-hmm. where, through Base, which is a new layer two that we recently announced, there's just so many. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: good things happening on the developer space. yeah, And that's really what we're talking about, Gonzo. We've got the technology in place. We've got the institutional partnerships. Now they're going out and hiring even more developers. Give me some thoughts. We'll kick yeah. it to Mario.
1: Yeah, they're definitely disrupting their own business model, right? They're, and I think, you know, Johnny, spot on when these guys are going to end up becoming the Amazons of the exchanges. And I know people feel a certain kind of way, but they're just look at what they're doing, they're, what, what licensing they're getting. But a lot of people... You know, we haven't talked that much about it. That base layer two is a game changer. You, you see all these projects that are now being built onto base. You have projects that are being moved over. All this money is being moved over to the base layer two. And, and they don't have to worry about the SEC because they don't have a token. So they were very smart about it. Whereas like Binance, they have, it's not exactly the same, but it, they have the Binance smart chain, right? And they have a token. So they still have to get over that hurdle. And it seems like, you know, lately Binance has been getting very beat up, right, worldwide. And so Coinbase just keeps making these moves uh, and, and kind of just changing the way that they do their business model. Whether, just think about like with that whole base layer two, all of the infrastructure that Coinbase comes with comes to those developers. So why wouldn't you want to go build on the base, right? You have the on and off ramps. You have all that liquidity. You have all of those tools that come in that they sell people on and it's working. So yeah, I, I think they're here to stay and they're going to end up becoming one of the biggest exchanges in the
0: world. Another massive headline, Johnny, we only got a couple of minutes here, but president Trump officially holds $2.8 million worth of Ethereum. All of this was made during his NFT sales and he was quickly liquidating it, which we found out yesterday. I did just want to get 30 seconds of comments and then we'll close it out
5: with a different video. Uh, I mean, I guess in, in terms of Trump, president Trump or the, uh, the, yeah, I mean, you know, he did listen, he he did the the Trump, he did the NFT. And so and I be, I believe it was an Ethereum-based NFT. So no surprise there that he's got the or oh, was it not uh was it not Ethereum? It, it,
1: it was on Polygon, but I'm sure he's just converting the, you know, you can yeah.
5: convert the matic right over oh, there. That's right. It wasn't yeah. like so, you know, at the end of the day, I'm I don't, I don't hold a lot of weight into this at all. I mean, he was just in the space, he capitalized on it. I wouldn't put a lot of weight into saying I wouldn't go as far as saying Trump is a crypto supporter, enthusiast, or or hodler at this point in time. Um, but I do want to say one thing that I think is is important. Um, you know, what we're glad in this show is, and thank you, Mr. Wright, for your comment. You know, it is so cool here. You he said he didn't think you could appeal a court case. And I'm glad that you learned those kinds of things from this show. If you're watching this show and you're learning something from it, then that's awesome, guys. So appreciate you sharing that kind of feedback with us because we're here to do this show to help you guys learn.
0: And here's a little feedback that you will all be excited to hear about. The Arab Monetary Fund mentioned XRP as an example to settle money from A to B. Now, what's so exciting about this list right here is they only used a couple of examples and all of them were non-CBDC efforts at payment modernization. We've got RippleNet right here, but look just above them. Swift GPI is also in the mix. I know we only got about a minute left here, but this is some pretty exciting stuff. What's it mean to you, Mario? Mario.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, another another example of, of these technologies and what they're really uh, able to do for for the future of many sectors, not just the financial sector. But, you know, I'll continue to say, uh, if we're going to see this huge adoption and for Ripple to really be the solution or the main solution, replacement to Swift, all this stuff that we, uh, we as researchers keep coming across, I still believe that they need to be let in. That door needs to be open and they need to be let in so that they can be the facilitators of, of this going forward or and to replace the Swift system. But you know, looking at stuff like this is just uh, it's bullish. It's confirmation that they're being looked at as a
0: potential uh, system. And this is another thing, Donzo. I just want to get a comment from you on this. Yesterday, China ordered slash banks to not sell stocks and digital asset investor put out a great thread, and I know we're short on time, so I can't read it. This is Vitalik Buterin requesting developers to stop all trading and hacker liquidations. But in order to do so, they have to stop everything on the entire Ethereum blockchain for a short period of time. If that doesn't show how centralized Ethereum is, I don't know what does. Now, I'm not being confrontational here. I just thought this information was pretty relevant. Do you have any quick comments?
1: Um, no, I, I didn't really. I don't really know any much about the story, dude. I, I, the last thing I saw with Vitalik is that story that Johnny posted where I was asking, was that new or what? Because I remember the bankless interview was like seven months ago. And so I was asking, like, did he say something new? Because I know it was dumb when he came out, it was stupid. But since that's his interview, we had the resolution of the XRP case, and we had the Bill Henry emails that were all released. So, uh, but yeah, I didn't see that story.
0: We'll go over it tomorrow, Gonzo, but we got 266 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to close this thing out by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Mario. Thank you to Johnny. And thank you to Super G himself. We'll see you guys in in 23 hours. I almost said 72. We'll close this thing out the same way we always do. Warriors, guys, get the shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us.
5: Let's go. Let's go.